855 453. It's the SACL toll free call in line 855 450 3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. It's Free Talk Live after all. It's Mark with you and Derek J. And <clears throat> check out freetalklive.com. You can upload, or I should say link, I, all these all these internet terms, they, they confuse me. Keep it straight. I'm, I'm old. What do you want from me? Uh, you can link to blog posts or videos or news stories or whatever you want at freetalklive.com, and we'll, we'll see the stories. Uh, you can vote them up, vote them down. Uh, the higher they are up on the list, more likely we're going to talk about the story on the air. Um, and certainly lots more eyes are going to see it than otherwise. It's uh, freetalklive.com. Great way to, uh, well, I don't know, get your agenda out there. So, Derek, I have been watching the news for, you know, all day. Oh, no. About this soldier uh, that went insane. I'm feeling pretty down about it. You feeling down? Yeah, I you know I am. Um, yeah. Thank you for th- thank you for shining the light on it. I can I can say that this has been tough for me emotionally, um, and I think that this is a real sea change in America's foreign policy. I'm hoping well, that it is. Yeah. I hope that there are some lessons that are learned. But by, a, by politicians or American? Or well, politicians like, don't learn lessons. Okay, that's, what, uh, that's what I was getting at there. They, you know, I, I I think they might be like reptiles. They look slimy. But they're really kind of smooth to the touch. Um, you know, so politicians, they're not going to learn anything. They're reptilians that will do oh, whatever no. it is that's expedient. Careful with the reptilian references there. <laughs> it's, a, it's an aphorism. Okay. That's all. So, um, but I think that if the, if the public at large gets uh, whipped up about something, it can be an issue. This is so, true. From CNN.com. In the early hours of Sunday, most villagers were in their homes asleep. They were used to the sounds of helicopters whirring overhead, night raids being conducted by U.S. troops. An Afghan soldier in Bay spotted a soldier going around at 3 a.m. An Afghan soldier at Bay spotted a soldier going around at 3 a.m. Past the blast barriers that notified U.S. commanders. The commanders immediately ordered a head count as... Uh, the military always does. They confirmed a soldier was missing and assembled a search party right away. According to General John Allen, the U.S. and NATO commander in Afghanistan, it was that search party, um, it was as that search party was forming that we began to have indications of uh, the outcome of his departure. In the villages, witness said, an American soldier began going house to house, seeking out Afghan men, women, and even children inside the mud walls. They were caught off guard by the intruder, and then came the unimaginable. The American pointed his gun at them and fired. He pulled a boy from his sleep and shot him in the doorway, according to witnesses. Then he came back to the room and put a gun in the mouth of one child and stomped on another. Streams of dark crimson smeared the drab surroundings and dampened parched earth. Shell casings littered the ground. When he was finished... 16 people, including nine children, that's the majority, were dead. 11 belonged to one family. Several others were wounded. The soldier dragged some of the bodies out and set them on fire. With carnage behind him, the soldier left. The search party formed to find the missing soldier. Um, 
to find the missing soldier came across the suspect who turned himself in. The military said he was uh, at the Kandahar detention. He is at the Kandahar detention facility about 15 miles away as the U.S. decides whether or not to send him back home. The suspect, a staff sergeant in his 30s, is based at uh, Joint Base Lewis uh, McCord near Tacoma, Washington. He belongs to the 3rd Striker Brigade Combat uh, Brigade Combat Team and 2nd Infantry Division, according to congressional source, not authorized to speak publicly. He was trained as a sniper and learned to kill from 800 meters away. The Army has not yet identified him. He was on his first tour of Afghanistan but had been deployed to Iraq three times. 2010, he'd suffered a traumatic brain injury in a vehicle accident, but few details have surfaced about motive or why an infantryman would turn his gun on civilians. The Afghans and the mostly farming communities were in a state of utter shock. One man's actions had turned their simple villages into a grisly scene. One, the next day, investigators arrived to pick through the horror. A dead toddler with a bloodied face lay in the back of a pickup truck between the bodies of two men. In another were people with charred legs and feet. Villagers could not conceal their tears. But their grief soon turned to the kind of anger already festering against Americans after Koran burnings at Bagram Air Force Base, a video of Marines urinating on bodies. Though U.S. commanders insisted it was the work of a rogue soldier, some residents believed it to be more calculated. They said... More than one soldier was involved. The Taliban called for retribution in the form of killings and beheadings, adding to the fears of already nervous foreigners in Afghanistan. Um, Muhammad uh, Wali says that his fellow villagers have lost confidence in the Americans as well as Afghan security forces. Both have failed to protect them, he said. No one knows what will happen next. The nature of the war, more than 10 years running, has shifted now that an American had uh, killed ordinary Afghans in the sanctuary of their own homes stop funding this war I, you know it's it's the easy answer there's there's no doubt it's, cut the money it's horrifying how, how could anyone know that their tax money is going to cause a scene like this on planet earth yeah you know i think that a lot of people are you know they look at this and they say it's the work of one man first off we don't know that. That's just the claim. Well, that's not what some of the villagers claim. They say it was the work of more than one man. Right. And that's what I want to bring up here is, you know, there was a SEAL team, or I, I should say, there was a special forces team, we don't know which one, that uh, went into villages a few years ago in Afghanistan, executed, uh, I think it was nine kids and a, a couple of teachers at a private school. And, and why don't we know which one? I mean, why would the army refuse to identify this man as well as the others? I don't know. I mean, I, I can see why they're trying to downplay this as much as possible. They look terrible right now. I mean, it's I, what's so interesting about this is if you look at the Iraq war, 90 percent. This is according to WikiLeaks, the, the, the United States government's own documents leaked. Ninety percent of casualties were noncombatants, noncombatants. So, you know, I mean, these scenes, this is a murder done by a soldier without authorization mm -hmm. but does it really matter how the civilians died does it really matter how the children were killed i mean so in what some cases in what way like well, well, assume that these, non these non-combatants were killed by mistake right i'm, I'm sure that some of them were combatant non-combatants but 
you know, let's let's say 70 percent of them were just innocent civilians. Um, I'm sure that they were killed by mistake. Does it matter if the United States war machine accidentally kills tens of thousands of people and then, you know, one soldier purposely murders 16? I, you know, I mean, for me, how would I feel? I can't understand why these civilians haven't all risen up and uh, and done some crazy stuff. They're just trying to live their lives, and the wars just keep coming. I, I don't know. I think intent totally matters. The The fact that this man dragged a young boy by his hair sure. out of his bed and stuck a, a muzzle in his mouth. Mm-hmm. The, Killed him, sure. That is worlds apart from... The the guy who liked video games as a kid grew up to join the army and then pushed a button that launched a drone. Like there's it maybe it, it kills more people with the drone, but this is saying something sick about what the army does to regular people. I don't think people are born this way. I think it comes from training. And I stress. want that I want that type of training and stress to stop. I don't want regular people to be put in these types of situations. And, you know, I mean, I I can see how this guy might, you know, move towards this situation. I mean, he's trained as a sniper. You know, he's a I mean, he's trained to kill. He's trained to look down a scope. Uh, He's trained to put a bullet in somebody's head. He's trained to look at the aftermath of what he does and trained to, you know, I mean, that's what he essentially is. He's a murder for hire for the the United States. But it's for hire. He's supposed to be taking orders, right? Sure. 855-450-3733. Do you have thoughts on this? 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. We've been talking about the uh, situation of the uh, U.S. sniper going rogue in uh, Afghanistan. And, you know, just thoughts on that. It's uh, it's really a shocking situation. And I think one that's going to have repercussions going on for some time. It's Mark with you. And Derek J. 855-450-3733. So, Derek, uh, we were talking about this in uh, the last segment, and you said that there's a world of difference between somebody sitting in, say, Nevada, operating a joystick on a Predator drone, and uh, killing a family or two out in uh, you know the desert of Yemen. I believe that there, I think there were close to two dozen uh, civilian casualties this week, uh, you know, killed by U.S., the U.S. forces in Afghanistan, yeah, mostly by drones. Yeah, there's a, a world of difference between that and a guy sticking a gun in a, a little boy's face who is in his bed sleeping. And it's a it's about the conditioning of of how a person has to be conditioned to have that level of insensitivity toward a fellow human being. So it's easier to kill um, with the predator drone. Yeah, I would say you're not connected. You're not directly connected to your your fellow man when you're just pushing a button and you don't see what happens. I mean, I I think there it takes a lot more training. I, I'm just assuming. I've never been through the army, but I would think it takes a lot more training to get to the point where 
a, a person can kill in the style that this man killed? You know, I wouldn't be able to say. I would say that uh, I, I would say that you'd be able to detach yourself relatively easily through a, a video monitor um, that uh, you know by which you you know operate one of these uh, predator drones with a Hellfire missile. Likely, you don't even really see your target, not not you know up close in any way, and so you know it doesn't have it. It isn't going to have the same effect on you as uh, as it would take to go in and butcher. Um, 16 people um, and then set them on fire butcher and barbecue 16 people uh, bodies and I, I would say that uh, you know snipers pr- are dealing more intimately with death on a day-to-day basis than uh, you know probably anybody in the air force frankly um, so I'm you know I agree with that but I'm kind of trying to look at it from the other side I'm looking at it from the side of, uh, you know, people on the ground there, the civilians, people who, you know, they don't really care that much one way or the other who wins these wars. I hear what you're saying. And I think of the, I mean, you know, by all accounts, tens of thousands of innocent people that have been killed in this war on terror so far. From what I hear, in Afghanistan, the civilian deaths have been lower than they were in Iraq. There's no doubt, and I'm not going to paint it like it's any other way. But the you know, there's still thousands of them. Okay, and so of the tens of thousands of people that have been killed in this uh, this war on terror, what's it like for their families? I don't know. I would still be more afraid of a. Um a person who's going to come in and do those things. Well, I don't know. You can't be, I mean, you can't do anything about the predator, right? I mean, those just fall from the sky. I mean, sometimes they've even just uh, fallen apart and landed in people's backyard and and killed people accidentally. There's not even, uh, there's not even a moment of terror with the predator drone. You know, you, uh, you hear nothing, you're dead. The Hellfire missile explodes above your house. At, you know, you, you you hear nothing. It's just you're dead. One one right. instant you're alive, one instant you're dead. So there's no terror involved. Whereas, you know, I mean, you can imagine the terror that was experienced by this little boy who was drugged by his hair out into uh, as I you know different. The reports are different, but drugged by his hair out to the street and executed by the muzzle sho- of the gun shoved into his head and him you know his bla- brains blown out. He was scared out of his wits for. At least tens of seconds, right? Right. I mean, that's sheer unadulterated poor, poor terror. And the the villagers were also saying that they felt like they weren't even protected by their own military. Because I assume there's an Afghani military as well that's sort of you know coming into power as the U.S. troops. Afghanistan lead, right? is a figment of the world's imagination. It doesn't exist. It isn't a real country. I mean, take a look at it. It's a bunch of straight lines. It's a bunch of different people and different ethnic, a few different ethnic groups and a bunch of different tribes all shoved together. And Hamid Karzai is not the member of all of those tribes. He's the member of one of them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the ones that are in that tribe are going to experience a better lifestyle than, you know, and, you know, more advantages than ones of a, do- a different tribe. You can see it the world over. I mean, it happens all over the place where colonization um, has been the, the, the case and you can see straight lines on maps and, and those kind of things. And so, I mean, you know, when when you're dealing with these situations, these folks don't think of the Afghan military as their military. They okay. think of it as 
a military. Right, and they're occupying the place where they live. I assume with the things I knew about Afghanistan before the whole wars thing started is that they, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but they, they export you know, poppies, which heroin, right? And then hash, which is, so they're in the drug trade. They are farmers, basically, who are experts at exporting these drugs. And so it's weird to me to see the U.S. military getting interested in a geographical region that produces a lot of the world's drugs. So I, I just look at it like, okay, they want control over these this drug trade is, you know, I, I don't think I'm being a conspiracy theorist to say that, you know, the CIA has had involvement in these types of things in the past. And There've so it's been not far-fetched of... to say that they're involved today. But what, what I'm most interested in is how we can, how I can have an impact in making this sort of situation, these types of stories stop coming out on the news. I don't know how don't, you can, Derek. I don't want this to happen. I don't know. I mean, if I, I just I, I don't know how. The only thing how. I can think is cut the funding. That's right, right. People, but that's only your funding. I mean, at this well, point, yeah, they don't have a, your funding and, right? I mean, is that correct? That's, that's correct. They, they don't, don't have, have my, your they funding. They haven't had my funding since 2006. And so, so you know, they... I, you had a job at one point. How did they? How did you not get uh, money taken out I of your just, paycheck? I didn't pay. Okay, gotcha. Um, <laughs> so they, you know, they haven't had your funding, and they're still doing it. I stopped smoking because the federal government put a tax on cigarettes. I think it was two thousand cigars. Excuse me, cigars in two thousand and eight. And I go to the war. What's that? That goes to the war. It goes to uh, children's health, something or other. But we know is we all know that money's fungible. So if one, if an right. organization, uh, you know, feeds the feeds the poor and then executes some people, it you know, I mean, it doesn't really matter where they claim your money's going. They're taking money. It's one, right. you know, one pocket. It's different pockets of the same pants. I'm sorry, it doesn't. Uh, so I wasn't going to voluntarily give them money, and that's why I quit. But um, I just seeing this hurting it's the story doesn't end when the men come home and women come home from the military because their minds are still they've still been subjected to this type of torture, this this training that they go through. They're going to have to come back and get regular jobs and deal with the rest of society. That's that's a danger. 855-450-3733. I don't know how to stop it. I don't know how to make it stop. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. Talk Live, 855-453. It's a SACL toll-free call in line. 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about what you want to talk about. It's Mark with you. And Derek J. You know, we were uh, in the last segment speculating about what one could do regarding, you know, the 
uh, you know, foreign wars and, you know, if you disagree with them, what can you do? Secession. That's the only thing I can think of. You know, it's uh, a lot of people. These wars are unfreaking popular, and they have been they for are. a decade. So, what needs to that. happen? Well, what needs to happen? I ask myself. I think people standing up and saying no to the federal government. It's not the state of New Hampshire that's sending troops over there, and it's not the state of Florida. It's you know these these places could be autonomous in their own right and do without the uh, the killings over in Afghanistan and Iraq and all the other places too. You know, I was uh, listening to NPR today, and they actually, the the people on there were speculating that the best way to handle foreign wars like this that are unpo- um, unpopular is to um, is to have the draft. Wh- oh, okay. That way, I see. That's, that's that way, everybody has to deal with the uh, the tragedy and the un- un- unpopularity of a war uh, on a more regular day to day basis. That's Spread the mil- misery out thick and wide, and then we won't have to deal with this. As if that worked in uh, Vietnam. I mean, how long did that thing go on? I don't Um, know. Obviously, people had to get involved and, uh, you know, all kinds of of, uh, civil disobedience got involved. Uh, Soldiers, you know, disobeying orders and booby trapping, you know, uh, monkey wrenching things, probably resulting in American deaths that we'll never uh, find out about. I mean, just, you know, rather than the government taking some some responsibility for itself. You know, people that have Come never on. fought a war uh, going out there and, and advocating for wars. It, I mean, it's it's crazy. That's never going to happen. But there could be more media coverage of this sort of thing. I mean, I, I think uh, when I hear about uh, Vietnam, a lot of that stuff made TV, right? People were sitting at home, eating dinner, watching the TV with their families, and they were seeing monks lighting themselves on fire and and children dying at the, at the hands of you know what were their brothers and sisters so that made it unpopular and it was in the realm of like people talked about this and they saw it on a daily basis this sort of thing is easy to sweep under the rug when it's just an internet story you can easily ignore and just well, go to the next Kim Kardashian story. The government has gotten better at um, you know controlling the news media in these circumstances. You're right that there was more footage on a you know a nightly basis from the war, but a people don't want to hear about it. And B the government doesn't want them to hear about it. So you've got these two factors that are working sort of against them, uh, against each other, with each other, in order to make it, uh, you know, difficult to find out about stuff. But, you know, one idea is, um, in order to do something in the long run, not in the short run, is the Free State Project. I picked up and moved my life, Derek. That's right. You did the same. Uh, to move to New Hampshire in order to get together with a bunch of liberty other uh, liberty loving individuals. There are more than a thousand movers in state. More than eleven thousand pledged to move. Uh, the goal is 20,000, and when you're talking about numbers like that, you're going to see some kind of change. I don't know if you're talking about secession. I don't know if you're talking about you know, the, a state nullifying the federal government and uh, demanding accountability. I mean, the, all those things are already happening. There's all kinds of things happening in New Hampshire uh, from a liberty standpoint now, and if this kind of thing is important to you, maybe – Picking up and moving your life to New Hampshire is a worthwhile thing for you to do. If you think it is worthwhile, you're one of the people that we want. If you don't, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) So it's freestateproject.org. Go there. Sign up. Change your life. Freestateproject.org. You know, one of the other uh, perhaps long-term solutions I was thinking may work is, uh, you know how some of the soldiers, when they came back from the wars, uh, unfortunately... There were some people who spat on them. I think it would be a better 
tactic to show them love. Oh, because sure. Because they're clearly hurting. Oh, yeah. And so maybe reaching out to some of these soldiers, if you know someone who's in the military, if there's someone in your family or one of your friends from high school, talk to them. Help them get their feelings out because they, they've been through some unspeakable horrors. Oh, I, I absolutely agree with you on this one. It's it's a very tough it's a it's a tough fine line to walk though. I mean, you know, the the, the saying is is what what would happen if uh, the politicians decide to hold a war and nobody came is true. You know, why is it that people keep going to fight their wars for them? And do those people are those people culpable? Because they're abused. They are culpable. No, well they, well they may or may not be. I would argue that the young children who become adults, who sign up for the military, have been abused since they were wee little things. And they've been abused not just by their families or, or by the state and local and federal governments, but by um, you know their, their school system and by all the propaganda from it's, the There's war a lot machine. of propaganda, sure. So that's, that's a type of abuse. That, I'm not going to disagree with you. I mean, you and know. so they're raised in this environment where they've been abused. And, and by that, we were raised in this environment. Because well, yeah, I won't I, exclude myself. I don't know what it was like for you, but, uh, you know, I mean, we, I, I played these games when I was a kid during the the uh, Persian, the first uh, Persian War, Persian Gulf War Part One. I was ready to go. I mean, I have I was ready to go. And. You know, because of my situation, the military, the the Marines were unwilling to take me. They said, "Call us back when uh, your your um, you know legal situation clears up." And of course, it didn't clear up in time. But obviously, you know, they sounded willing, and I was willing to go. This could have been anybody. I'm not saying that these people are worthy of being spat upon, but no. at the same time, it's it's tough for for folks that believe passionately, like I do, that these wars are immoral. That they've they're well beyond whatever ever made sense at any point but people sign up for the military thinking that you know that they're doing good wanting to do good right they want to be heroes and and i don't think that ostracism is really the answer they they must feel ostracized enough in their own minds oh, you know yeah, among their own platoons it's yeah it's painful i i'm i've never been in the military and i can just imagine what it's like to be uh you know one of those Types of bootlickers, for I, lack of a better term. Well, I, I, I've watched many, many uh, television shows on PTSD and what the effects are for people. And I, you know, I wouldn't doubt for a second the soldier who committed these atrocities, if in fact the story we're being told is true, I don't know, um, is suffering in some way, shape, or form from PTSD. I mean, it doesn't seem like a person in their right mind would do this. I don't know if he was drunk. You know, was angry and drunk. I don't know if he had had a spat with the wife. I don't. I don't have any idea. But you know, this is a person that was trained to kill, trained to kill uh, Afghanis, and he did that. Now, obviously, he went rogue and killed the ones he wasn't supposed to kill. Right. But he was supposed to be following orders from people t- telling him which Afghanis to kill. But he just went out on his own and decided that you know anyone who he wanted. If it uh, happens, if it's a group of soldiers that do it, though, there's a cover story and it's taken care of. You know, this one guy goes out and does it on his own. Um, you know, if, if it's done in the course of a mission, yep, yep. You know, we encountered the inner enemy in a, uh, you know, a, a small uh, group of houses. We uh, began fire, exchanging fire. You know, the, the story is as the story is. And, you know, it just it's one of the myriad of situations where civilians get caught in the crossfire. So I heard about this story that the man and this was from abc i think that 
the man who committed these murders is uh, likely going to face the death penalty. It's possible. I wonder what is going to happen to the people who trained him. Are they not in some way responsible for the the way this man acted? I don't at think all? the training I mean, necessarily is in the same way that I don't believe that a, a a person who sells a gun is responsible for what you do with it. But but one okay. one does need to ask about <laughs> there's a what difference. About Guard duties. I mean, really? This happened early morning, so like 3 a.m. Are you telling me soldiers can just go off base and make it into town and execute people? You don't have some kind of controls over who's going where? Yes, this is how military bases are being run in Afghanistan? Go back to sleep. Don't ask questions. I, I, th- this is the horrifying thing about this, is this guy got off base and did this. I mean, you're right. That's absolutely There's, horrifying that an Afghani soldier had to point this out. They don't have, you know, they don't have any kind of security. I mean, what? their security didn't fall down on the job. Nobody's responsible. It's just him. He's the one that's responsible. Nobody else is responsible, right? 855-450-3733. Do you think security is responsible in this situation? In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. It's a SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. Live Tuesday night edition of Free Talk Live. It's Mark. And Derek J. You may be wondering where my co-host Ian is. Well, he's... uh off running around doing some kind of school board meeting or something like that. Is that right, Ian? Yeah, he's at a he's at a school board meeting. Yeah. How cute! He's he's really into this whole uh, getting into this whole local politics thing. So um, you know he's running for office, and I hope it goes well for him. Ian, the politician. Uh, we'll see how it all, all goes. I mean, you know, it could go. <laughs> Doesn't seem like uh, he's got much of a chance, but uh, you know, hey, could go anyway. Uh, when he uh, initially went for it, um, there wasn't there, there weren't even enough people to fill the seats, so he actually filed in, in hopes he'd just be a shoe in at that point. But uh, enough people um, came on board that uh, you know maybe, maybe that'll be the case, maybe it won't. Who knows? You never know how these elections are going to go. I'm not uh, going to claim that. Uh, being called a free stater is exactly an asset um, here, and uh, Ian is probably the most visible of the free staters <laughs> in, in uh, Keene, New Hampshire. But you know, whatever. It we- may be a good thing. I, I don't think the uh, the people of of Keene or likely of any town are very happy with their school board. I, they they do a lot of ridiculous spending projects. Indeed, but um, it's also a, uh, a a relatively local election, meaning that well, a lot of people don't know for whom to vote, so they don't go. And that means that mostly the bureaucrats go and they have a larger uh, percentage of uh, representation at that point. And uh, there's not a bureaucrat. And there's very few bureaucrats in town that are going to vote for Ian for anything. Mm, Just a thought. We we may be surprised when those numbers come out. I want to be surprised. That's what I want to. So we have have more on this uh, story, if if you don't mind me uh, here. 
I think that people need to know the the level of shock that our uh, politicians experienced when they found out about this. Right. Uh, President Obama was so shocked uh, when he learned of this incident. Um, ABC News reports this story from Sunday, and uh, they say, uh, aides say the president was briefed on the shootings this morning, meaning Sunday, before his call with Karzai. So he called up Karzai to offer an apology. He said, I offer... Quote, I offer my condolences to the families and loved ones of those who have lost their lives and to the people of Afghanistan who have endured too much violence and suffering. Oh, yeah. Unquote. Uh, now, this isn't going to change his policy about uh, when to withdraw from Afghanistan or how many troops to have or about security measures either, like you were bringing up. But Nothing's going to change here, right? This call, this conversation took place inside Obama's motorcade via cell phone as he traveled to his daughter's basketball game. Mm. So, yeah, he's not going to change his plans or anything. He, he, you know, feels sympathy and recognizes that this is crazy and that, you know, he is partly responsible. So he did make a phone call to their political leader, but it's not going to interrupt his basketball game. This is a tough position for a politician to be put in. I mean, you gotta, you're going to go to your daughter's basketball games. I mean, you're going to go. No. Fathers miss their daughter's basketball games all the time for less than this. Agreed. But what is, what is he going to do? The bodies have – the people have been killed. The bodies are piled up in the back of the pickup truck. They've been set on fire. The children have been uh, executed in the dirt early in the mor- morning. What's he's he going to do? He's not going to do anything. Well, he's not going to do anything, but what he could do is say, all right, all troops, come home. We're done. What do you think that that would do for his reelection prospects? What do you think that if he said, hey, it looks, it looks like we've just poisoned right. the well too thoroughly. Yeah, just keep going. Keep doing what isn't working, right, Mark? I, 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 I'm not saying that he should, Derek. <laughs> I, I have no. I'm only looking at this from a from a, the standpoint of what would a politician do? And you know, these people t- have tremendous amounts of money given to them by the military-industrial complex. These uh, weapons manufacturers, a huge amount of money. They can't back off of their positions. Um, if the Republicans already paint Democrats as weak on terror. There's nothing to be had in Afghanistan except uh, perhaps uh, you know many. Uh, the, there's a great deal of lithium in the stir, in the soil, as I understand it. So I mean, you know, if you fight wars over oil, why wouldn't you fight them over this valuable resource, lithium? And I, you know, I just don't see. I just don't see a politician saying, okay, that's it, we're done, because of this. He looks weak if he reacts to this. I disagree. I think for most people who think that the wars are unpopular, they're asking the question differently. They would say, why wouldn't Obama pull out now? That why? What's he going to do after this horrific tragedy happens if not Pull out the troops. Well, a majority that would be better for his re-election campaign, I would think. What with the unpopularity of these wars? Well, he's kind of already saying, "Hey, we're going to end the war in Afghanistan. We're drop. We're lowering troop levels." Oh and- yeah, and he's going to close Gitmo too. First right. year, right? And um, but, but uh, you know, essentially, if you're an anti-war advocate, 
um, you know, out there who who isn't take, keeping an eye on Ron Paul. A lot of people are writing Ron Paul off at this point. The the news media has said he has keeps on coming up with excuses why he's not good enough. Um, you know, he hasn't won an election. Of course, then he wins in the Virgin Islands, and now they don't report on it. Um, so, you know, um, if you're not looking at Ron Paul, what are your choices? You've got a choice of Santorum, Gingrich, or Romney, who all want to apparently step up. They want to go fight Iran, too. Or you've got Obama, who apparently is this point, now that we're getting close to an election, is downsizing his military. In order to appeal to the base a little bit, downsizing the military's actions in Afghanistan, he's already got his man in uh, Osama bin Laden, so, you know, just we're going to pare it down. Now, his his exit strategy doesn't come into play until 2014, it's a long ways really? off. Yeah. Oh, geez. Well, that's convenient. So, you know, he's hoping that he's president. He's, Otherwise, his his strategy could never be implemented. That's correct. Possibly. Yeah, sure. Oh, my gosh. And how how does he think that that's an excuse for policy? I want to know like, his exit strategy for uh, Okinawa. Are you serious? Yes. I mean, it's been 70 years now. Uh, why not, uh, you know, get out of there? Okay, well, I'm for that, but you know, it must be cake to be one of these politicians because you know, any of the mainstream ones are funded by the military industrial complex, and so they're just given orders and then they just execute them, right? And then they get to go to their basketball games. In, indeed, it doesn't look like it, it doesn't look like Washington. Washington, I think, is behind on this one. There, that there's going to be a larger reaction to this uh, this massacre than. Washington is ready to accept. They they want to downplay this as much as possible so that they can have business as usual. This is true. So there's there's this other important story that I I think demands attention uh, because there may be something that people can do uh, today, and it's not about you know wars that are unpopular. It's it's about the the caging of peaceful people, and this is a story from Natural News and. It's been reported in a bunch of different um, articles now because it, c- it came out Sunday. But this man, a, a senior citizen, 65 years old, was caged for allegedly selling raw milk. Now, that's been a, an exploding topic within the past year. The whole raw milk story yeah, it's huge. Is, is big. Um, these people are being told that what they're selling is unsafe when it's... Just what naturally people drank for, I assume, thousands of years. Well, it may or may not be uh, more safe, less safe. I can't say. Um, you know, I mean, people can people can come up on both sides and come up with their facts and, and figures and stuff like that. But my question is, shouldn't people who are educated on the subject have educated themselves on the subject and want raw milk specifically? That's what they want. Shouldn't they be allowed to purchase it? Of course. I mean, it just, I, I, I wonder There's who no would harm. say otherwise. Well, they, they know the dangers associated with it. Yeah, there, there may be bacteria. Everyone knows about pasteurization. So, yeah, the consumers know what they're getting into when they purchase raw milk, and they wouldn't do it if they didn't think it was beneficial for them. But what makes this story unique, this, this man's name is James Stewart. That's not what makes this unique. It's that he was, <laughs> I was going to say, that's not a particularly unique name. No, it's that he, and this is no laughing matter, was tortured while in prison for this alleged crime of selling raw milk. And he was not only tortured while at this jail in California, but the bail amount 
was set at $1 million. $1 million for yeah. selling raw milk. And and just to give you some, some comparison for that figure, the bail amount for the alleged child rapist and sex pimp Jerry Sandusky, former Penn State sports coach, yeah. was set at $100,000 and was unsecured. What's that mean, unsecured? Well, we'll get into that more in, in the next segment. Like you need a hundred thousand dollars, but you don't need a hundred thousand dollars. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Raw milk dangerous. Free talk live. Eight five five four five zero free. Available now. Four new songs from Raja Mojo. Raja Mojo. That's R-A-J-A-M-O-J-O. Raja Mojo. iTunes, Napster, and at a discount at cdbaby.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. The live Tuesday night edition of Free Talk Live with Mark and Derek J. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. Uh, Free Talk Live makes available to you our archives going back for five years. You can go to archives.freetalklive.com and download and the, the entire shows available. You know, what six days a week we did them for some time. Now they're we're now we're doing seven seven days a week. Thousands and thousands of hours worth of programming available to you uh, for free at archives.freetalklive.com. Most of those uh, other shows out there, they charge you for them. Not Free Talk Live. That's a lot of content. It's a lot of content. If Whether you're <laughs> commuting or gardening or whatever it is, I, I can tell you, people are downloading old shows all the time. I can see the downloads. I, I You know, there's... <laughs> People, There's some really funny stuff in there. They want them. They they want those shows. So I'm glad that they're available to them. 855-450-3733. Derek, we're talking about this guy, James Stewart, who uh, apparently was locked up and given a million-dollar bond for the dastardly deed of selling raw milk That's without right. a license. Yeah. He's a 65-year-old senior citizen uh, who is a raw milk farmer, has no criminal history, and was nearly tortured to death at the L.A. County Jail this past week. And we, you were asking about an unsecured bail before we, we left off yes. uh, on the last segment. And basically, by 
that it could be a couple of things. It could either be that so he you did give, not have an unsecured bail. There, they were ex- comparing his situation to Sandusky, who yeah, was exactly. given a bail of a hundred thousand dollars, one tenth. The the guy selling raw milk was given a bail of a million dollars. The guy accused of touching multiple teen boys for whatever reason, he was using his power to abuse, was given a hundred thousand. Right, and it was unsecured, which basically means that he just either gives his word that he's going to appear at trial, or he signs a piece of paper saying he'll appear at trial. Right. Wow. So yeah. it's a big difference. Right. That there's a, a world of difference between that, and it's interesting to me what the state of California is interested in prosecuting in in this case. That they're willing to put so much money on the line to seek this guy out. That it says they they spent nearly a million looking for him apparently even though he has a website it's it's absurd what these people are doing so he survived uh, a million dollars for the state that's probably an hour's worth of work <laughs> well he he survived a week in torturous hell that's uh, his words at the hands of LA county jail keepers who subjected him to starvation sleep deprivation hypothermia loss of blood circulation to his extremities verbal intimidation involuntary medical testing, and even subjected him to over 30 hours of raw biological sewage filth containing dangerous pathogens. What do you and mean? Now, I mean they, all they the put, rest of this sounds like normal, a normal trip to jail. His, right. Well, his, <laughs> I mean, his, they keep it cold in there supposed, ostensibly to keep the bacteria down, but I think it also keeps movement down and uh, keeps you know people from – people tend to get meaner when it gets hotter, so they keep it cold in order to kind of keep people from – Getting up and doing stuff. Yeah, it's a way to control people. It's, yeah, it's a it's a control system of control. Well, the the thirty hours of raw biological sewage filth that I mentioned is human sewage. Yeah, that's, well, there's going to be backups and uh, t- plumbing, no doubt. Right. Well, that's what happened. Up to two to three inches in his cell. I'll, I'll get into that uh, as as we go down the line of of these atrocities. Okay. So. This this is from a county uh, that has targeted and terrorized James Stewart for the supposed crime of selling fresh milk containing, quote, dangerous pathogens. So the only crime he's ever committed is being the milkman and distributing milk that is openly and honestly kept fresh and raw instead of pasteurized. Okay. And for that... He was tortured with raw human sewage. Now, at my house, we buy raw milk every twice a week, every week. Well, at least when my wife's around. <laughs> uh, when when she's away, I just don't have as uh, much use for milk. And uh, but so you like it? You're convinced it's good. Uh, it's it's for you. it's fine. Yeah, like she read a book and she was interested in it. And you know, I have been to the place where we get this milk, and it's fine by me. Yeah. Well, this guy had a sit down interview. He's um, he sat down with a guy, Mike Adams, and so these conversations are recorded, and so people can uh, check them out on the web if they like. I have um, the story at uh, livefreerdance.com. I've posted a link to the video where he has this interview, so you can people are listen often to this skeptical. guy's words himself. People are often skeptical of news sources. Um, you know, many people will say, you know, naturalnews.com isn't the, you know, the greatest news source in the world or whatever, but they can listen to the MP3 and judge for themselves. Is that correct? Exactly. Okay. That's, that's what I'm saying here. So, so you don't like it, stuff it, right? I mean, you can listen. Right. You, you can hear this, this coming from the horse's mouth. Um, 
So it does say that he was subjected to food deprivation. That's those are his words also. That he was interrogated by deputies and accused of being a quote unquote sovereign, then branded with a red armband. You know, like Nazis style. And fa- and that was to falsely indicate that he was a danger to the general population. Of course, he hadn't been accused of any violent crime, just yeah. being a milkman. Gotcha. Red armband for this guy. So the sovereign individual thing is uh, something that uh, police departments have uh, been um, you know, warned of up to this point. I think they're just waiting to find themselves a sovereign, and uh, I don't know what exactly their ideas are, but, you know... Someone who sells raw milk. This is this stuff needs to be firmly laid at the door of the kind of alarmists that are making this a big deal. I mean, you know, there have been, from what I understand, one situation of a sovereign of a couple of sovereigns going rogue and uh, killing some police officers. I mean, think how many police op- if you're going to to put people in groups. If you're going to say sovereigns are bad because these two guys killed some police officers, then let's go ahead and put police officers in groups and say police officers are bad because police officers have killed innocent people. Lots and lots and lots and lots more innocent people than the sovereigns have. Right. It's it's collectivist thinking. I could talk to a guy over at the uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center, um, had a conversation with him when they put out their little film on the sovereign citizens warning the police departments, be careful of these guys. And I said, you know, there's blood on your hands for this one. And he said, I think it's a very good film. Well, you know, here you go, man. Well, yeah, he's got some responsibility. Red armband some... for a guy who, uh, you know, wants uh, raw milk. So... The the MP3s that you can listen to also reveal that James was shackled in long chains, wrapped around his wrists multiple times, then had his hands cuffed behind his back, which was bound to the heavy wrist chain to restrict his movement. His handcuffs were so tight he thought his wrists were going to break. Mm. James was then handcuffed to a cold bench, restricting his movement to just six inches so he could just wiggle a little bit. That's, uh-huh. that's all he could do. Then he was left on the bench for four to five hours. So it's not bad enough to be in a no. cell. God. You've got to restrict the man who's in a cell to just a little bit of wiggle room. So I bet if they thought he was adjust- a sovereign, no doubt that they were trying to torture him and, or you know, basically egg him into something. I don't know. that. I- that's a good thought. I mean, I, I can tell you, that, right. I, I I spent a good deal of my life, uh, eight and a half years in prison, and I can tell you that police, uh, that law enforcement officers, prison guards, uh, you know, these folks. Yeah, they want to play with the man in the cage. They use want to shake opportunities. the cage a little bit. Well, you never know. I mean, you know, the, for whatever reason, they may like you, they may dislike you. But if they dislike you, for whatever reason they dislike you, they know how to use the situation and the rules to the, their advantage and put you in a torturous situation. That is so sick. That's why I oppose prisons. James was then forcibly subjected to various medical tests, including forced chest x-rays, even while he was handcuffed. He was placed in a cold cell where... You know, I don't like x-rays. I don't want uh, an x-ray done on me. I don't... You know, if I go to the doctor's office, I... Try to do whatever I can to avoid the the X ray and that may go on. Right, I d- really dislike they put that. Lead on you? I just, shouldn't that indicate something? They get out of the room when they do it. Yeah, that should indicate something as well. So it gives being, it's, it's enough for me. Being forced to have a chest X ray while you're handcuffed. Can you imagine? Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Is this reasonable? I mean, anybody can anybody defend defend this is reasonable. What was done to this man over raw milk? 
Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. And Derek J. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. This evening we've been talking about the, uh, well, the sniper situation, the uh, massacre situation in Afghanistan. We've also been talking about this uh, man, James Stewart, who's uh, basically been locked up, given a million-dollar bond, in Los Angeles, and received some very rough treatment in the, uh, the 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 jail. You're being gentle with that language. He's uh, describing his situation as torturous. Uh, you know, I can understand why he would describe it that way. I just, um, you know, I think people often consider jail to, you know, be that way. But uh, well, if they haven't been there before, as this man hasn't, then they may see it that way. But with some of the things he's describing, it's just excessive sure I get, I, I get where you're coming from no doubt um, you know I'm, I'm, it's not it's not acceptable in any way shape or form I'm just uh, you know prison guards get to do what prison guards get to do and, and I'm not going to say it's not torture it's just uh, you know the guy was treated pretty rough uh, I love the comparison here between uh, Sandusky the uh, Penn State football coach and his treatment versus this and, and you know what he's accused of versus this guy and uh, you know raw milk purveyor and what he's been, uh, uh, you know, accused of. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver for a variety of reasons, whether it's a hedge against inflation, you know, a, a true investment where you expect it to go up, barter currency in case, uh, you know, you want to somehow or another cut the, uh, the Federal Reserve out of the loop. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some really great rates on hand-picked gold and silver pieces. We believe some of the very best rates on the Internet. Go and check and, and make sure that, uh, you know, before you buy gold and silver anywhere, check out gold.freetalklive.com. Um, you know, there's Walking Liberty halves and uh, Lakota Nation silver rounds, British sovereigns, 20 francs. Uh, there's even a Mises silver piece over there for those uh, big Mises fans in our audience. You can go to gold.freetalklive.com. Check it out. And uh, it helps Free Talk Live when you do. So um, let's go back. There's, there's some points here written by uh, James Stewart as to uh, you know, right. what his some treatment of the was things, like. Some of the things that happened. The last one we left off on were the forced chest x-rays, which, as you mentioned, doctors leave the room when there are x-rays around. And most people are wearing lead. It doesn't sound like any of this happened while he was handcuffed and forced to endure x-rays the the next one that it mentions is that he was placed in a cold cell wearing only a t-shirt and pants where he soon began to suffer from hypothermia and found himself violently shivering just to stay alive yeah a lot of us have experienced this in jails maybe not to the point where we've been diagnosed as suffering from hypothermia but certainly i 
it, from my experience, it's been very cold. They in keep those it jails. cold in jail for a variety of reasons. Um, you know, I mean, they they do it, right. and I wonder. You know, I, they they don't get a lot of sixty five year old men in there, and I don't know if he's if he's a thin man. He's not, uh, you know, doesn't have a lot of meat on his bones. I bet you this he's could, bigger guy. What's that? He's a bigger guy. Bigger guy. Yeah. Yeah. I just um, I'm just imagining a frail old man, um, you know, shivering in a cell, but uh, apparently not. No. And so yeah, he's he's got some meat on his bones, and he was still just uh, describing his situation as violently shivering to stay alive. This is. Made worse when he is made to suffer through total sleep deprivation all night long, as he says, other prisoners were screaming and banging on the walls. Oh, yeah, that never stops. Never I, stops. I thought the jail guards were supposed to quiet that sort of thing down. How well, do you stop you, it? You I, know, who's, you can't see who's doing what. You just, I mean, I'm sorry. Prison, jail, it's a cacophony of noise. This is unusual. His cell was then flooded with raw human sewage, which flowed into his jail cell two to three inches deep. Ugh, God. Covering his shoes and Ugh. shirt. I'll bet. So much for the shirt, right, in the cold cell? Yeah, that's what you want. That's, that's going to warm you up. Mm. L.A. County jail guards then ordered James to clean up all the raw sewage in his cell. Sure, they're not going to do it. But how did they ask him to do it? By handing him a small, handheld squeegee. Oh, God. And demanding that he squeegee out all of the raw sewage himself, which he reluctantly did. What would you do? I don't know. I mean, who knows what they're—you could—depending on the situation, you could refuse to do it. Say, I'm going to stay on this bunk where, uh, you know, the— Stuff poo is all over the floor here, and uh, how could you breathe? You, yeah, I mean, you, who knows? I mean, you know, it, 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 you're really stuck because they're, 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 they're not talking, gonna do it. Well, they're talking about dangerous pathogens being in milk and that they're worried about consumers consuming oh, sure. dangerous pathogens. Yeah. Talk about the dangerous pathogens in, in human, human sewage yeah. that's lining his cell. Yeah, no doubt. He was then forced to stay in the putrid raw sewage cell for over 30 hours. Fighting off nausea and living in bacteriological filth. Yeah, that no, even if you had health. a uh, squeegee to clean this stuff out with, it's not clean. It's just out. You know, I mean, they they pretty much destroyed uh, New Orleans just for flooding, right? And they took down you know just a house just having been flooded out uh, with this you know human waste and whatever is going to be mixed up in there. It's, it's all a big disgusting mess. They're like, yeah, tear it down, burn it. You can't. Nobody can live in here. But they'll leave this guy in here that was uh, incarcerated. For spreading what back uh, you know spreading bacteriological pathogens in raw milk, which of course nobody you know there's no claim that anyone's actually been hurt, and they leave him in a room full of bacteriological pathogens because of human sewage. Ha ha ha! Isn't it great to be a jail guard? Well, all along, the. L.A. County prison guards gloated over their treatment of the prisoners while laughing. Hold and- on just a second here. I want to go to a call. Let's go to, oh, yeah. uh, to Let's- David calling from uh, Tennessee. David, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Oh, yes, sir. Um, my, my kid works over here at one of the local uh, grocery stores. Okay. And he said that there was a mom and, and her son inside the uh, grocery store, and the son was playing his... Um, 
Tom and his on his phone or his iPod and and um we kind of looked at him and and the mom said, "Well, that's okay because at our um local school here it's the policy that a child can keep an ear pod in their ear during class." And I was kind of like, "Hmm, that's kind of strange." And they looked at me cuz I know where to go and I said, "I know who to call. I'll call the guys and we'll try to figure it out here." So I was kind of my question is, have you guys ever heard anything a, a school policy that you can keep an ear pod one in your ear? I can't even imagine it's true. I mean, it sounds it sounds ludicrous. I've I've seen that sort of things happening. I think it goes on like a teacher by teacher basis. I know in my high school sometimes kids were able to wear a you know. I'd have the answers on an MP3 rotating through my iPod. Well, not while you're taking a test. I oh. mean, these these people use discretion, right? Is that what you're talking well, about, not- David? My question is, I've never heard of that, because I was thinking that's kind of uh, crazy, because, you know, like you said, uh, uh, can I take a test with an ear pod in my ear? I can't even imagine. Honestly. It sounds crazy to me. David, uh, if anybody has heard of anything like this, uh, call in. I'm interested to find out. This is happening elsewhere. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Porcupine Realtor. Do you want a home with 20 acres, a lakeside cabin, any takers for renters, buyers, and sellers too? Mark Warden is the guy for you. PorcupineRealtor.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Toll-free number here is 855-453. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site uh, for free, so enjoy those. Uh, Once again, freetalklive.com. You can control the content, submit different things to it. And then vote up or down on various different uh, various different items, whichever ones you like the most. We'll make it to the front page and the top of the website. So see it and get interactive over at freetalklive.com. Here with you tonight, it's Ian. And Derek J. And Mark. Derek J., of course, here courtesy of his blog, which is livefreeordance.com. Also, fr33agents.com as well. Uh, he is the a guy that produces the FR33 Agents Radio News. That's right. Which happens on a... Pretty much daily basis. Yeah, it's at five days a week right now. It's a huge commitment. Uh, you were doing seven days a week, and uh, you're looking for people to assist you with uh, with that project. That's right. If I'm not mistaken. How can people get in touch with you to do that? Well, they can email fr33agentstv at gmail.com, and they'll get all the information about how they can get involved. It's as easy as writing just six sentences about a story of peaceful resistance in Anywhere in the world. So you're looking for writers or, and or on, you know, kind of on air talent? What all are you looking for? Well, mostly writers. The writers are then able to call in free agents. Mm-hmm. We have a special number you can call in to record your story. And then it, if it's good, we'll make it to the radio. And you can be anywhere and you do You can be this. anywhere in the world. So how do they get in touch with you again? There's a 
an email address at fr33agentstv at gmail.com. fr33agentstv at gmail.com to get in touch with uh, Derek and the Free Agents crew to help out with the Free Agents Radio News because you're not getting paid for this. No, that's right. It's, right. it's just passion. So we're looking for passionate people who care about peaceful resistance and want to put that message out to the world. I think that's important, and so I hope somebody steps up to help you out with that. Our number here again is 855-450-FREE. You can bring up anything. Jason Osborne, uh, the the guy behind Cycle CAI, uh, is putting together Porkfest this year. He and his, his lovely wife, uh, Sharon, are putting together Porkfest this year, and you can help get Porkfest in the red, in the black, uh, by going to porkfest.com and getting one of their exclusive T-shirts. They're offering some uh, exclusive T-shirts. They're uh, really nice. They're uh, red with uh, w- the ring tees, white ring tees, and uh, you can uh, you know ch- take a look at them. It's a uh, pork with a K. This case. Uh, now, how will it- one be excluded uh, from this T-shirt if it is exclusive T-shirt? Me. So, so this is only available. Is it in advance? Will it be available at Porkfest? The there are a very limit. It's a very limited run. So like, first come, first serve. More uh, more than a dozen, less than two dozen of that, these. Really, that limited. Oh wow! Um, it's so for that a, is exclusive. A hundred dollars for the T-shirt, and it's a sponsorship. Got it. And you know, it's a it's an acknowledgement of your sponsorship. And I believe that. Uh, so you can walk around with a shirt on at Porkfest, the Porcupine Freedom Festival, right. and you can feel exclusive. That's right. Uh, so uh, go to porkfest.com. Oh, you're excluded. Yep. Not so, you're not so exclusive. I'm going to thank anybody I see with this uh, Porkfest t-shirt yeah. on. for. Uh, I will include them in anything I'm doing. There you go. <laughs> generous, <laughs> this generous offer. So it's P-R-O-C-F-E-S-T dot com, porkfest.com. You com. What you did said I P-R-O-C. P-R... I can't... Yeah. Don't... don't t- t- Trust me for spelling. P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. All right. Uh, so obviously I'm just coming into this uh, conversation here that you guys have been having uh, about apparently a gentleman. I was out at a, a school board meeting here. Uh, I didn't win the election, by the way. Oh, oh it's over? It's over. Uh, and how, were you last? I don't know. I didn't. They don't have those numbers. So out only two people tomorrow. lost. Of the, There's three seats open, five <laughs> people running. Is that yeah, correct? That's right. <laughs> oh, no. But, uh, and I've been banned from the entire school district property. <laughs> <laughs> which i blogged about over at freekeen.com i, love, so I really love there. that it's so funny <laughs> it is hilarious that uh, we're forced to pay for these government uh properties and we're not even allowed to set foot on them i've been banned now from the courthouse from the high school slash middle school in the town to the south they should just ban all, you from all government property and from all well that's what i asked in my blog post is how much more absurd can this really get i mean what's next will they ban me from all the public sidewalks and you have banned no, from the city building no recourse for this i mean there is no recourse it's, I suppose it's all it, been peaceful protest too right that's what they're objecting to is like hey this guy's exercising his rights i mean we weren't even protesting we're just handing stuff out to uh, young people at uh, right that's high right. schools well okay so exercises in free speech and yeah. and then one time at the court you were you weren't even doing anything that was an exercise of free speech you were just going in there to do business right well that's when i was arrested for right. for trespass as you were as well and uh, the, the cops actually have your name uh, Derek j they're coming after you next to issue you with the same uh, no trespass notice and it's another one of these ones that doesn't ever expire so oh. unlike the school down south where we've only been banned for a year's time uh, this one is a forever notice, so uh, so you don't get to go on any school property, which includes the administrative building. <laughs> so, like anything that is claimed to be owned by the school district here, we've been banned from. Wow. Yeah. So I assume I'll get my paperwork in the mail. 
They uh, sent they, a certified letter as, uh, as well, which explains why a certified letter uh, showed up here today. And now I'm oh. definitely not going to go and pick that up. Uh, so anyway, that's what happened to me tonight. And they did it on uh, in front of a live audience as well. They came in while I was sitting in the school board meeting and, uh, and asked me to step outside. Were you mortified? Mortified? Yes, mortified. Embarrassed. Uh, no, I wasn't embarrassed. They're the ones who should be embarrassed. But I mean, they have the, the cloak of legitimacy. Os- They're not embarrassed. Running this ostensibly public system where people are supposedly, uh, you know, have rights of assembly. You know, that pesky First Amendment. I don't know. These cops, I don't think, have actually read this thing. Uh, the Bill of Rights. Uh, First Amendment, which, you know, supposedly enshrines the right to be the free press and uh, free speech and uh, the right to assemble. And all of that stuff uh, within the last three months is when really all this has gone down here since December, uh, when we started to you know t- try to interview these court bureaucrats outside of their their court building here downtown, and we were all banned from the court premises. Uh, we've really I think proven pretty clearly that there is no no respect whatsoever for the ideas of free speech or the free press. As long as you're you can be the free press as long as you don't critique us. Uh, mm-hmm. Then, then you can come to our meetings and, and you know come interview us and do things uh, as long as you aren't critical of us and you can assemble so long as you don't have a message that we disagree with or you assemble. assemble where you say you um, we say you can assemble right. and that can be anywhere you yeah. have to ask permission first yeah the first amendment's just words on paper it's all a bunch of nonsense the whole system is a huge joke and if you don't like it well tough uh, you're going to be forced to pay for it because if you don't we'll steal your house from you that's pretty much where it sits. Yeah, it's hard to argue that. All right, so uh, 855-450-FREE is the toll-free number here. And you guys were talking about like some guy who's been put in jail with a million dollars bail because he was selling raw milk? Yeah, this is like behavior of prison guards that just openly mimics that of Guantanamo guards. You know, the ones who took pictures of themselves like gloating over the torture and Mm -hmm. murder of uh, the prisoners of war. Well... These well, LA- I mean, these people that sell raw milk should be treated like they're in Guantanamo Bay. This is a serious crime. I mean, children. The children. Well, well, these that's, prisoners that, that, were that, laughing about their abuses. That, that, this, this, to bring you up to date, so they compared uh, this guy with his million-dollar bond to uh, Sandusky from uh, you know Penn State fame there, touching boys in the, the locker alleged room. alleged child molester. Or alleged whatever. child molester. Allegedly touching boys in the locker room. Uh, for... $100,000 signature bond, meaning that he didn't put up anything. He just signed a name for $100,000. So basically got ROR. Wow. So what about the children in this case? Like there's no, there's not even a veil of legitimacy in this circumstance. And where is this They called place? him a sovereign. This is in LA County. LA, LA Los Angeles? Yes. Okay. They they called him a sovereign, which makes perfectly good sense why they began to then uh, torture the guy. Um, Put a red armband on him, like totally Nazi style, to indicate to the other prisoners that he was dangerous. Made him clean up his uh, cell that had flooded with human sewage with a squeegee, and then left him in the cell as if that uh, right. um, You know, the the, it's it's freezing cold. His shirt was lost in the process. His shoes were lost in the process. So he's freezing cold in a cell with nothing but a pair of pants on. One eight five five four fifty free. Is there more to this story? Oh Did yeah, I interrupt you guys. Okay, so we'll continue that here in a moment. Eight five five four fifty free. You can bring up what you want. Land of the free, everybody. Sure it is. One eight five five four fifty free. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized free market digital currency. 
You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com. When you spend bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves here toll-free, 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site. And if you want, you can support the show. You may do that by shopping with us. Go to shop.freetalklive.com. You will find links to Amazon there, different Amazons for different countries. Click into the one that's right for you and get your shopping taken care of. So whatever it is you want or need to buy, Amazon probably carries it. They've got a huge selection with dozens of categories. And you can even buy used if you need to save a few bucks. But, of course, if you buy brand new, you probably are going to get free Super Saver shipping because that's available on a whole lot of their brand new items. Uh, so it's a regular Amazon experience you're used to if you've been to Amazon before. It's just that you're entering through our portal, so Free Talk Live gets a cut of the sale. So start your shopping over at shop.freetalklive.com. So a guy has been arrested in Los Angeles, which I didn't know there was a lot of farmland in L.A., but this guy has apparently been selling, manufacturing, if you will, uh, raw milk. Yeah, that That's is right. A, that is a little hard to internalize, isn't it? I and mean, what's what somebody is in name? L.A. County? James Stewart. Okay, running a dairy farm. Well, yeah. I remember hearing recently that uh, the guy, and I thought we talked about this on the air, that the guy who is in charge of Rossum Foods, Rossum Foods is yeah. also looking at a million dollars right. uh, bail. For... And he was he was dealing with his problems for selling sort of unlicensed raw milk. In uh, California, you can sell raw milk, but you have to have a license of some sort to do it. So he's taken to prison. He's held there uh, on this bail because who the hell can afford a million dollars bail? Mm-hmm. He is forced to clean up his cell, which is covered with sewage. Mm-hmm. Which presumably the guards like clogged up a toilet and did that to him. I mean, what? I don't what know. What are how- the odds they would just put him in? You know, this particular cell otherwise. Whoops. Yeah. I mean, and they didn't transfer him to another cell after that. You can imagine it would be pretty easy to do to just say like, hey, we're having some problems with this one here. So let's just move you over to this other clean cell. No, they left him there, said, you clean this up with this squeegee. This is what I thought it was. This is the operator of Rossum Foods that you're talking about here tonight. That's his name? Okay. Just so you know. Great. Okay. So this is the guy that was operating... Uh, I guess I thought he was running a farm, according to this article. No, uh, this is... Uh, Stewart was arrested. This is from New America, thenewamerican.com. Stewart was arrested last summer when armed local cops and federal agents raided his Venice, California Natural Foods Club, Rossum Foods. And uh, so, there. just a little bit of clarification for you. It is who I thought it, it was. So, I mean, they're really putting the screws to this guy. I mean, how well, this, how dare he think he can just go ahead and be a free person and sell things to other consenting consumers? What what country does he think he lives in? Well, he's pretty confused about that himself right now. He and he just recently did an interview, which is where a lot of this stuff had just come out, where he's saying, "I thought this was America." Yeah, surprise. 
You know, it's funny. I sent out a an industry newsletter today. I have uh, like 600 plus program directors and general managers of radio stations that receive my uh, updates. And sometimes, you know, usually it's like, oh, we got these new affiliates here and just kind of more by the sort of standard industry stuff that no one would be interested in uh, outside of radio. Uh, but a t- today I put in a story about when you and I, Derek, were arrested as well as Kelly Voluntarist from Freekeen.com uh, when we were most recently arrested at the courthouse for simply being at the courthouse. And that respond- there was a response I got from a program director, actually uh, the guy that uh, put us on XM Satellite Radio, and he was shocked. He couldn't believe it. In fact, what he said was that uh, are we living in the same country? Because, you know, his experience is is not that. But then again, his experience isn't one of challenging the so-called authorities. Right. Isn't one of necessarily standing up to this system. If you're walking in step, this stuff is going to seem pretty foreign. Right. But he was shocked. I mean, he said, I should get in touch with Alex Jones. We can talk to to him about it, which probably isn't a bad idea uh, because it's pretty outrageous uh, what happened and... That guy's got a huge audience, and we've been on his show once uh, once in the past, so it wouldn't be unheard of. But people don't understand. I mean, they don't know if their head is in the clouds or they're just so busy with their own lives that uh, they don't even realize what's going on around them. That there's a man who's sitting in a feces-filled cell because he sold milk to somebody. Right. Most people haven't been arrested, I would think, and most yeah. people haven't been well, to jail. Well, we're getting to the so point. Right. At some point, the we numbers are, are going cro- up all the time. <laughs> right. We are going to cross that threshold where we will be able to say, yes, most people have been to jail, well, but we'll not quite. We'll all wear our armbands and stay united. But d- during the entire process, this guy, James, was not even allowed a single phone call nor any visit from an attorney. So his, his right to speak to an attorney was repeatedly denied. So most people would think, even if you haven't been to jail, you would think, well, you know, those people get a phone call. That's what you've seen on the television shows. Yeah. Right? Don't they get a quarter for the for the <laughs> for you using get, the little phone? They you get, get that phone call when they say you get that phone call. Right. Right. And, and they, most of the time, it's not a problem. You know, there's some phone on the wall. You can call collect. Uh, you don't get a quarter. Uh, you can call collect. <laughs> and uh, believe me, the bail bondsman will take it and, uh, you know, he'll, he'll charge you for it later um, or whatever. But. You know, it's it's right there on the wall for most folks, but, but they don't have to let you get to it. You're told what your charges are, right? They read your your Miranda rights, right? No, at no, no point was always. James notified what he was being charged with. He was never even presented with an arrest warrant, this nor is, were the charges explained to him. This was during the raid of his uh, his Ross and Foods. That's right. Wow. So, you know, James, this is this is just awful. He was mysteriously lost. In the system. And L.A. County officials claim they did not know where he was. And who's responsible? If everybody says they didn't know where he was or who he was or where he was supposed to be, then who's going to be held responsible for it? Well, it would have been my responsibility, but nobody told me about him. You know, I mean, this is such a pass the buck situation. Well, it's it's not like it was a deliberate attempt to subject somebody to torture. Right. Without legal representation and, and make sure that no one can locate him or is and, uh, threaten his health or, or tell him why he was arrested. So, I mean, some, some of the quotes uh, that he has in this interview, I think, are, are pertinent. He says, I thought I was going to die in mm. there. And it was worse than torture. They're actually torturing you mentally and physically to break you down. That's right. That's, I'd agree with these that. These are his sure. words. He says... You know, 
Yes. What was uh, you know, the, the, the tuberculosis uh, vaccine? I'm not interested in getting their little shot when I if I were to go to jail. I don't want their little shot. Going to confinement. And, you know, that's fine, son. You can just go ahead and stay in this cell all by yourself because mm-hmm. you're a danger to the whole community. Right. Like, you know, here I am, a 42 year old guy who's got a job and a family and, you know, I, I, I'm not a tuberculosis, you know, I don't get out enough to be a tuberculosis threat, but everybody's going to take our little vaccine shot. So, you know, this is how they, this is just one more way that Technically, they, it's not a vaccine. It's just, it identifies if you have TB. Okay, I wouldn't know. Um, it, you know, it's been a long time since I've taken gotcha. one of those shots, but yeah, you know, I don't, I don't want their shot. I think it's pretty much the same thing as a vaccine. Aren't they injecting a dead virus into you? That, Somebody knows and they're going right. to call in and Maybe. tell us. That may be the case. <laughs> Well, this guy, it doesn't say anything about a shot, but he did write torture on a piece of toilet paper to try and tell everyone what he was going through, Mm -hmm. like stuck it up to the wall, because he was worried that they were going to mentally break him down and put him in a psych ward. So this is brutality. He says, it's trauma, and they create this thing where you're not even sure what's coming up next. What has this country come to? Mm. I don't sleep well at night now, and I don't think anyone would if they've been through what I've been through. He says, I'm shocked that this is America because it seems like you're in some third world country in a gulag, like in the movie Midnight Express, where you're absolutely just tortured. So that was the experience he had. Is this Was America? he bailed out? It, it, or is appears, he commenting from inside a jail cell? I think it was like 30, he has 30 hours or something that he was um, in total? Yeah, yeah. He was in there for... So someone posted a... Ten, you know, like he got a bondsman up and somebody gave like $100,000 to a bondsman and... Have to be, right? Something. Wow. Yeah. So those those are his words. I just think it's a remarkable story. I I don't want this to happen to anybody. And can you imagine what, what kind of world is this where this can happen to a milkman? Right. And how many people has it happened to that we haven't heard about? How many people have been put in these circumstances? Because we know the sta- it's standard run-of-the-mill practice at uh, jails to keep the temperature very low, to give you barely anything to wear. Uh, to attempt to intimidate you and to scare you. Right, and they can be filthy, too. It's not like they clean these right. things. People might have a, this perception that when you walk into a cell, you know, it's been cleaned. Last time I was in jail, just, just a few weeks ago, yeah, there were there was food on the ground and the table where where I'm supposed to be living. I There's was food from the past prisoner. That time, uh, the same time before we went to the jail, I was being held in the, uh, the, the, the catacombs of the courthouse. And in their holding cell down there, there was a spot on the floor that looked an awful lot like some sort of fecal matter had been there. <laughs> and I had to avoid that I was, as I was walking, pacing about the cell. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything that you want. Take control of the airwaves. Hour 3 is next. 1-855-450-3733. I am so excited about Porkfest this year. Porkfest? What's that? It's the Porcupine Freedom Festival, a fun and educational camping event put on every summer by the Free State Project. This year it's going to be happening June 18th to the 24th at Rogers Campground in Lancaster, New Hampshire. Okay, I like camping and I definitely like freedom, but my budget is tight. Tickets are only $30 for the whole week if you get them before May 1st. Well, that sounds reasonable, but what goes on there? (laughs) What doesn't go on at Porkfest? There are speakers, family fun, dance parties, karaoke, a comedy roast, hiking, campfires, sports, a wedding, and all kinds of delicious food. But the part that I like best is spending time with other people who love freedom. Mm, That's sounding pretty good to me. 
Where can I go to learn more? Check out Porkfest.com and make sure you spell pork like a porcupine. P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Like what you see? Looks like a blast. Okay, I'm in. See you at Porkfest. While you're there, check out how you can become a VIP, very important porcupine, for a modest donation. See you at Porkfest. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Toll-free number here, 855-453. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line as we launch here into the third hour of the program. Tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Derek J. And Mark. Once again, 855-453 is the toll-free number. You can bring up whatever you want. You can actually control the content of the website as well. Just go to freetalklive.com, add stuff to the site, vote on whatever's already there. The most voted up makes it to the front page and the top of the site for more people to see. Uh, go to freetalklive.com. Now, Derek J., you had uh, some other news that you wanted to share with us tonight. What uh, what else was on your mind? Well, it's a pretty encouraging story. Uh, it starts out that. a little bad. That's, that would be yeah, useful. Right. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, there is some good news, um, a silver lining to this cloud. So in Mount Sterling, Ohio, this story uh, comes from the Columbus Dispatch at dispatch.com. Mount Sterling, Ohio, a village police officer shocked a nine-year-old boy with a taser this week, and it prompted the shutdown of the entire force. Wow. Long-embattled police chief Mike McCoy has been suspended, and officers who were being used on a part-time basis are no longer working. Hmm. Wait a second here. Nine years old. Now, I was just I was just in the presence of a nine-year-old uh, recently. They're rambunctious, aren't they? Well, I, I'm just trying to think. I, you know, I, I don't think everybody necessarily knows how big a nine-year-old is, but a nine-year-old is a third grader. Um, you know, I mean, this is a person that weighs, you know, less than sixty pounds. I would say, just a guess. Uh, a nine-year-old? Yeah, oh, probably about right. more than that. I don't know. I, but yeah, definitely smaller than an officer. You can definitely say <laughs> yeah. that. So this. Uh, this is from the uh, council president, Lowell Anderson, who, who says that the, they're no longer working. So this is the uh, city council. So McCoy, the uh, police chief, didn't tell village officials after the Tuesday incident, and that prompted the suspension. So village administrator Joe Johnson, in violation of state open records laws, refused to release the report on what the village is calling, quote, an incident involving use of force. Mayor Charlie Neff said in a statement only that the Ohio Bureau of Criminal Investigation has been asked to investigate. The uh, Madison County prosecutor, Steve Pranai, however, said police were called to an apartment on South Market Street in the Madison County Village because Michelle Perry called saying her son Jared wouldn't go to school. <laughs> oh, God. Why do these parents keep calling the police? Who is it that is teaching parents that if there's a problem with their family, that they should call the police to resolve these issues? Where well, does this? Where do parents learn this? Some school districts are locking parents up for their kids not going to school. Good point. They're yeah. stuck in a, in a, a you know in a, in, a, in a Hobson's choice. You know, mm. do I want to go to jail or do I want to call the cops to make my kid go to jail? Wow. Well, it depends. Do you oh, want wait, them you using meant go to, go to school. He said, make my kid go to jail. <laughs> you meant school, right? Uh, I guess cute. I got confused, but yeah. <laughs> or do I repeat myself? <laughs> so the, the Madison 
uh, county prosecutor, he, he says that it was because he didn't go to school that the police uh, were called. But from there, Pranide said he doesn't know much about the incident, except that the situation escalated. And Officer Scott O'Neill used a taser on the boy. Anderson said village officials didn't find out about the incident until late Wednesday night or early Thursday. I would love to know what that means. Like, it escalated? Did he go from crying to screaming? Uh, did he start running around the room, maybe was kicking he striking at the officer in sort of a charged, hammer blows? Yeah, even if he charged at this officer with his, his favorite Ken doll or whatever the mm-hmm. kids have, the, uh, there's no excuse for a taser on a nine-year-old. No, I can't see any, None. Any, any, yeah. I, I looked it up, by the way, 61.9 pounds. Is that the average nine-year-old? 61.6 pounds, average nine-year-old, 49 What's the average inches cop to, weigh? 200 pounds? I don't know what the average cop weighs, but uh, you know, I would say so that it's some big cops. reasonable to say that the cop is, a, is three times the size of this child. Like, I saw a skinny cop tonight, and he was probably three, you know, three times the weight of this kid. Probably, yeah. So McCoy, the chief of police, was uh, asked for a comment, but his cell phone number has been disconnected or changed. Mm. So he couldn't be reached for a comment, and a message left with the woman who answered the phone at O'Neill's home was not returned. O'Neill is the guy who shocked the, the nine-year-old. Yeah, he, just, he definitely doesn't want to say anything. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sure, I'll get right back to you. Perry could not be reached no, usually, for a No, hold on a second. Usually when it comes to the police using deadly force... Or a high level of force, their excuse usually is, I was in fear for my life. So, like, for instance, when they kill the family dog, when they're coming into your house and right. uh, the dog comes up and wags its tail at them and blasts a sh- you know, shotgun blast into its head like they did on the side of the road in uh, Tennessee once upon a time, uh, they will say, I was in fear for my life. And that's all they have to say is if they just say, I was in fear for my life, then it completely justifies the killing of an innocent being. So all he would have to say is that the nine-year-old was terrifying him, and uh, and he'll be he'll be all right. That would be pretty embarrassing. Oh, but he'll be all right. Well, he he may not lose his job, but he has for the meantime because they've they shut, shut the down this police force. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. I think it's gr- it's great. We um, need more stories like this. So, but with the disbanding of the police force, Sheriff Jim Sabin has said uh, he will be called to temporarily take over patrol of the village. So we've got mm-hmm. this just this one guy who's now in charge of, you know, no police force. He's just going to drive around and keep everyone safe. Uh, Sabin said Neff has changed the locks at the village hall, and the sheriff has taken the police department's weapons and computers <laughs> to secure them, not because they're part of any investigation. Right. Yeah, you're yeah. not cops anymore. You don't get the tools. Right. That's right. So the uh, council will meet on Monday, this next upcoming Monday, to decide uh, what steps they're going to take concerning McCoy and the rest of his department. So they, they don't quite know what they're going to do with this department yet. But the, So it's like temporarily shut down? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, at least for a week. Got it. Um, but the police department has been under fire for much longer than this. Uh, the, the council disbanded it in August also saying that the force had been mismanaged and, mm. you know, that there wasn't enough money to make the payroll. So they had financial trouble, financial troubles and mismanagement troubles that have resulted in the shutdown of this police force earlier uh, just last year. I, I think it's really useful when these things happen, whether it's the government having one of those government shutdowns that they do from time to time when they can't come to a budget agreement, or in this case, the police department being shut down for crazy use of force. Uh, that uh, you give people some time where they can observe how life is like without having the police department around, and then 
come to the next meeting, uh, I would be, if I were at this meeting in this town, I would say, yeah, you know, everything's been all right here with just the sheriff taking care of things. I don't think we need to bring these guys back. <laughs> Certainly don't have the money for it, so let's not do it. Yeah, you know, when I mean, when people don't have the police to call on for every little thing, like, my son's not going to school, <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> then they don't have the police to call on for every little thing. Well, she should be lucky that uh, her son's still alive because sometimes when you call the cops for these family matters, incidents, uh, they'll end up killing your son or taking him to a jail cell for a long time. They may, nine-year-olds or not. These, have no, these are not uncommon situations where a mom or dad or a set of parents will call the police in order to handle a, di- a disciplinary situation at their household, and the, the, the police escalate things. I mean, I'm sorry, but... There are some cops, I think, that would do the right thing and try to de-escalate God, the situation. God, I would hope most of them would. But uh, the, the, I don't know, Mark. I don't either. your experience? I see these, the police I right. don't have experience. This. My experience with police officers has been largely good. Um, I mean, you know, whenever I have to deal with them. But consider that most of the times I've been dealing, you know, I, I'm, the, I, I, I'm stereotypical. I'm, you know, I, I speak English in a certain way. I cut my hair in a certain way. I tend to drive vehicles that look a certain way, and they just don't tend to mess with me very much. Mm. Well, this town is relying on private donations uh, since September to keep their police force in operational. So, this uh, p- private donations—I I don't think they're going to be coming in. As yeah, I'd be—I'd be drying up if I were donating to this. Pl- police department can you imagine if you were one of the people who last september when you heard your police force was going away you, you chipped in some money and now and then you they hear taser that, a nine-year-old yeah oh great glad you spent my money on tasing one of my neighbors a kid discretion is the better part of valor they say 855-450-FREE that's the toll-free number here 1-855-450-3733 and really just gives you an idea of how trigger happy these cops are that they're going to the control weapons before they use their training, which they're supposed to be receiving. We're coming up. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated radio program on more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our more than 100 radio stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. All you have to do is dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we have waiting for you there. Uh, So head on over. You can uh, see us on the cam if you would like. Uh, But more importantly, there's a chat room built into the cam page. You can interact with other Free Talk Live listeners while you watch and listen to the program over at cam.freetalklive.com. Bitcoins are the world's first potentially anonymous digital cash. With bitcoins, there are no contracts to sign or terms of service to abide by. Anyone can download the free bitcoin software and be using them just a few minutes. With bitcoins, you can send and receive money anywhere in the world, no fees, without needing permission from any bank or government. To learn how, visit weusecoins.org. Again, it's weusecoins.org. And now, thanks to bitinstant.com, you can have bitcoins in less than an hour by depositing cash at any major bank. 
buy your Bitcoins with cash, visit bitinstant.com. All right. So, again, our toll-free number is one eight five five four fifty free. We can talk coming up about a subject that we barely got to touch on last night that I think is very interesting. Uh, it is the Survival Guide for Beating Information Addiction. Alley Cat, though, is on the line first, listening in the Huntsville area to WBHP. Hello, Alley Cats. Hey there. Yeah, I, was, I heard you sometimes advertise that uh, uh, legal thingy, and I forget what the name of it was. Legal thingy. Jurisdictionary. Jurisdictionary.com. Uh, ju- jurisdictionary, right? Yes. Jurisdictionary. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, the reason why I was wanting to know on that because I've got these folks out of Greenville, Texas, uh, that's been bugging me for 12 years pretending to be a government agency, which they're not. I've even got a whole bag full of paperwork and prove it. And they just they just won't let up. I reported them to police, the FBI, nobody would do anything. So uh, I just thought I'd go ahead and, and, and call in and, and see if that course right there has got anything in there I can use. I wouldn't be able to say. I mean, you can certainly represent yourself with it. It gives you, uh, you know, teaches you how to use the legal system. I wouldn't, I, I you know, I don't know, I, I don't know the specifics of your circumstance. Jurisdictionary is an in-court kind of motions. Like, well, if it, what your situation it, has to do is with courts, then jurisdictionary could be of use to you. Yeah. Well, see, they, they pretend to be a U.S. Department of Education thing, trying to hit me for a, a student loan I never got. And, uh, you know, Obama's even said everything 20 years or uh, older, older, and student loans are dead anyway. He said that twice in April 2009. Well, just as a politician says these something, people are not are, are not listening. You know, I hear you, but just because a politician says something doesn't mean it. I mean, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, well, when you say these people are frauds anyway, back to one time this lady called me one night saying she was the U.S. Department of Education. The very next night, she called me with a bunch of sex music and, and was trying to push me into a porno site. This sounds very unusual. I don't think jurisdictionary can help you in, uh, in that situation, but maybe recording device would. I mean, if somebody is calling you claiming to be from the government and they are doing questionable things, then uh, maybe you should get them on the record, Alley Cat. And thank you for the call tonight at 855-450-FREE. Well, if you want to course, take them to depends, court. Hold on. It depends on where you live as far as what the laws are regarding recording stuff. So I don't want to be construed as giving legal advice, uh, but uh, you might want to research what the recording laws are wherever you live, because if you record someone without their knowledge, then they may be able to charge you with felonies. So keep that in mind. Right, yeah. but if, if they really are a government agency, then him saying, this is being recorded, that shouldn't be a problem. No, it shouldn't be a problem. In fact, that's usually, in my in my experience, that's usually all you have to do. They, they want to tell you that they have to consent, but as far as I'm concerned, if you continue talking to me after I inform you you are being recorded, you're consenting, because you keep opening your mouth. If you don't want to be recorded, you don't have to keep talking to me. Hang up. All right. you have to do is break the line. Yep. So toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. But if somebody's uh, haranguing him you know, in some kind of harassment or something like that, he certainly could you know, file some kind of lawsuit, and Jurisdictionary would teach you how to do that. You know you're an information addict, according to zenhabits.net, if you check email, Facebook news, or some other social network first thing in the morning and last thing at night. What? I do that. Are constantly on your mobile device when you're away from the home slash office. I'm on it a lot. Can't get away from the computer in order to get outside, exercise, or spend time with people while disconnected. I don't have that much of a problem getting away from it. Are constantly posting to Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or texting or emailing while meeting with other people. I like uh, – this is one of those things that you see more often today. 
uh, with the, the especially in younger crowds. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you you see it when you're at the restaurant with the uh, the child and the parents' child sitting in there on their mobile device while the parents are having a conversation. Uh, and well, with ch- children, you can almost understand why they're they're really you know adults don't include children in the the the, the process often. They're they're distractible as children, but this is the only point with which I take issue because I really think the problem isn't that people are having other conversations; it's that technology hasn't caught up with you know making it uh, disguisable. So if if people were having these conversations and the screen were on their sunglasses, let's say, mm-hmm. then you could have a conversation. If you're able to carry on three or four conversations at once, why not? Just you're don't not. make it look Most rude. Most people are you're not. not. No, just don't make it look rude to the people who you're actually in <laughs> so the room with. You're still being rude, but you don't want them to know that. Right. I see. Also, other potential factors that may make you an information addict. Do you feel anxiety if you're completely disconnected for more than a few minutes? Can you not get important work done because you have to check your messages? This is a big problem for me. But you can't get important work done if you check your messages either. What? That's what they're saying here. You you ha- you feel like you have to check your messages, so therefore you can't get your work done. I see. Well, yeah. Can't imagine spending an entire day disconnected. So the uh, this is they've got some suggestions here as to how to beat information addiction. And it's a pretty profound addiction for those that have it. Uh, I think I have it. I, I know I could be doing other things. And I've been doing better within the last uh, couple of days. Setting boundaries. Um, sometimes you need to say, well, I'm going to check my emails at 10. I tried noon, that once. I tried that once. The problem, like that. the problem with that for me is if I'm on the phone calling a radio station and the radio station guy wants me to send him an email, I can't just say, well, I'll do that in two hours. Mm -hmm. I need to go and do that then. And then I'm in my email box, and then I'm tempted by whatever else is in there. So what are some steps you can take today? First steps to change your habits and beat your addiction. One, assess your habits. When, or rather what, are you addicted to most? When are you most likely to be sucked into your addiction? For the rest of today and the next several days, write it down when you are doing these things and what it is that's affecting you. Is it a TV news channel, Facebook, or Twitter, uh, Reddit? Put a tally mark next to the things each time you check them. Two, introduce the pause. This is something I've been working on before I even read this list, uh, is, is just trying to stop myself from going into some of these things. Addictions are something we often do automatically without thinking. Start to break the chain of trigger habit auto-response by wedging a small pause in between them. When you get the urge to check something you're addicted to, notice the urge and pause for just one second. During this pause, simply ask yourself, do I really want to do this and why? You can then go on to do it no matter what the answer, but the important thing is at least having the briefest pause. And this kind of all comes down to the idea of knowing you have a problem, admitting to yourself that you have a problem. So this is, you know, kind of a standard addiction thing, right? Like if you know you have a problem, then you can be aware of that problem and hopefully you can take the steps like pausing that might be necessary to break it. Well, whether or not it's an addiction, I think self-knowledge is valuable. One so eight, this is a part of that. one 450 free I'm sorry, I was checking my email. <laughs> 855-450-FREE. You probably aren't joking either. one 450 free You can bring up what you want here, though. Maybe you want to share with us your story about your information addiction. How profound is it? How does it affect your life? Have you beaten it? You can share your stories. Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. 
Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. Talk Live, you can bring up whatever you want. 855-453. Though we're talking about information addiction at the moment. Maybe you'd like to share your story. Come on, I know I'm not the only one. Uh, 1-855-450-3733. Here tonight, it's Ian. And Derek J. And Mark. And uh, don't forget, uh, you can uncover the secrets and expose the lies over at freedomsphoenix.com. It's what you get every day, uh, every day there. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship we have with coercive governments. Freedomsphoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to freedomsphoenix.com. Get signed up for their free daily dispatch. That's freedomsphoenix.com. We're talking about uh, surviving a survival guide, as it is called, at zenhabits.net for beating information addiction. And if you are finding yourself on your phone, uh, on your cell phone, on your laptop, on your desktop, constantly checking emails, checking Facebook, constantly updating to the point where it's detracting from your productivity, detracting from your human relationships yeah i thought computers were supposed to increase our productivity i think they do i think this this article is offensive <laughs> really <laughs> yes Being... denial is the most common human response Derek. no no <laughs> being up to date on information calling that addiction information you call the crap on facebook information i mean come on it's part of a larger conversation let's assimilate let's become cyborgs i think that it's useful I don't think that uh, these services should be completely shunned, but like a lot of things that are good, Management. too much of it can be a bad thing. And I find myself checking Facebook and just scrolling down and yep. down just to see what people have posted. And I do it, too. And sometimes it's useful because I'll find like a really good show prep I find story. some of the best stories on Facebook. There's no doubt about it. But at the same time, I find myself drawn into nonsense. But when I you know? do it more than once in 10 minutes, it's a problem. <laughs> Yeah, I like you know I have too many friends, and then you know you're going through and trying to find out what everybody's talking about, and but, too many of them are posts about Farmville or whatever okay, it is they're but doing. But you can block that stuff you out. Can, you can. I, I think what's important is that people are having these conversations. Where is the center where people go to to have conversations about what is happening in the world? It's Facebook, except for Facebook, right? But I, there used to be places in the center of town where families would gather to have the chit chat. <laughs> Do you have any evidence that's true? I mean, what, that this but, once happened? Yeah. I mean, I think that people say say and believe that these things are true. I don't know that they are. Well, the valleys still exist where these people, you know, allegedly gathered to have conversations. There well, are actually, news articles it's not over. It. I mean, the, just the other day, someone organized a 420 celebration on Facebook. So people actually, you know, got out and they went to the center of town and they smoked some pot uh, because of Facebook. <laughs> oh, so. good. You know, Facebook is bringing people together in, in real life in some ways with the different events. Like, I'm planning a school outreach event, even though we've been banned from every school campus now. Uh, I'm planning a school outreach event uh, on Facebook, so that's going to bring people out. Into- but, but even if it's not bringing people together in reality, like, it, you know, face-to-face, physical uh, bringing them together, I think that it's important that these conversations are happening, whereas I think they, it's they true. wouldn't be happening otherwise. Well, this isn't to say cut it off. The... the, the, the 
the, the article here from zenhabits.net is not saying stop. It acknowledges that these are useful services, that these are this technology is essential for the way our lifestyles are today. Yeah, but it's, it's, but it's recommending a limit, and I'm saying amp it up. You're saying go Get in. You're saying go all it. in. I yeah. don't, this is destructive. I think that you are advocating destructive habits. Like, I feel like this is hurting me. Like, me, the, the amount of time I no, spend technology in Facebook... just isn't useful enough yet for you. You could be having the sunglasses where you can check the Facebook, and it wouldn't be distracting <laughs> you from the other things that you're doing. Just it get- totally would. I, I just, I can't, you know... Ma- you can't really multitask. It's not possible. In the same way, your computer can't really multitask either. It can only give attention to one thing at a time. It uh, can just do it really fast. It can just do it really fast. And really, uh, this is why I bitch at Mark for playing his video games. He's doing something over there right now. I, I am. I'm checking I Facebook. <laughs> is he really? Can you check on him? I'm checking He's, Facebook. See, see if, you're, if you're not doing what... Check an email. Yeah. If you're not doing, like, giving 100% to what you should be... Then you you're not giving 100. percent <laughs> It's 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 and look, it's obvious. not hurting him at all. It's I think it's perfect. If if anything, it's helping him because what what if he got some some important information about the the breaking news? Nothing he can be as important right here. as paying attention to what's going on in front of you. Yeah, uh, being present is extraordinarily important. I'm, I'm, I'm siding with Ian on this one. I'll, I'll, I'll make fun of people, too, even including myself, because I'm guilty of this, where people will pull out their cell phones while in a group of people in physical reality, and I'll say something like, if I notice people getting onto their cell phones, I'll say something like, phone party! <laughs> and just to kind of you know bring a little bit of fun to the idea that, oh, look, we're all disconnecting from our reality here and plugging into this online world. So other suggestions here, for those of you if you're not like Derek and you actually want to try to control your uh, your habits, uh, there have some Why suggestions here. Oh. So there's introduce the pause, which is if you if you notice yourself going to do one of your habit you know habit, habitual things, uh, just put a pause in just a second and ask yourself, do you really need to do it? Three, take a break every hour. If you're stuck on the sites that you're addicted to all day long, take 10-minute breaks once an hour. Set up an hourly reminder on your computer, and then when that reminder pops up, get away from the computer. Take a walk for 10 minutes, stretch, do some push-ups, squats, clean your messy house, write in a notebook or sketch, talk to someone in person, drink some water, How have, long a, the break? have a fruit, meditate. When you come back to the computer, <laughs> try closing the browser for a few minutes and doing some non-internet work before going back online. Changing habits. Over the long term, you can change your habits. Now, this will take a month or two, so you'll want to fully commit to that change, and any change done half-assed won't last. Number one, start with your biggest trigger. Assuming you've done the assignment and introduced the pause, as recommended earlier, you should know that your most common triggers, the things that cause you to go and check something, or you should know what those are. They might be things like starting a work task and wanting to avoid it, getting on a bus or train, waking up. If I have a telephone call I need to make and it's somebody for whatever reason I don't want to talk to. All of a sudden you're in your email box, right? I've got, yeah, I'll find something else to do. If I'm going up and sitting down on the toilet, all, nine times out of ten, I'm grabbing my phone. Which well, it's is not what, like you're doing anything else there. Do you need to I be have present for now, that? But I have an onion now. To but do where, you need to be present for that? I mean, I don't yeah, know. It's I not find, like you're interacting with others at that moment. That's true. You really... But, but I, sometimes I ask myself, why, would, why wouldn't I want to look outside and at least look at the pretty tree outside or something like that? Like, there's mu- there must be something more uh, to do besides just get no. on the phone. Digital screens is where it's at. <laughs> there's nothing out of the window. <laughs> 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 right, the digital screen can't always have a new picture on it, unlike the window. Uh, number three, or excuse me, pick a repl- number two, pick a replacement habit. 
So first you notice what your trigger is, and then you pick a replacement habit. So what do you want to do instead of checking email, Facebook, Twitter, or the like? Pick something positive and fun that you can do in five minutes every time your most common trigger happens. It might be reading a few pages of a novel, or in my case, The Onion, when I'm, uh, when I'm in the bathroom. There's a, a physical copy of The Onion in there that I can pick up. Uh, that might be reading a few pages. Are you really better off having picked up yes, The Onion, though? Yes, it is more entertaining to read The Onion. Okay. Journaling, doing push-ups, taking a walk, drinking water, meditating, writing, painting, practicing a language, writing a letter with pen and paper, etc. You're going to try to do this every time the habit happens instead of the actual habit. Number three, do the new habit after the trigger every time. Don't allow any exceptions or you won't form the new habit. A new habit is formed much faster and more strongly if you do it extremely consistently after the trigger. If you're inconsistent and still do the old habit, you're allowing the old habit to stay in place. So some cigarette smokers have tried uh, this particular trick. Like a lot of people will light up a cigarette when they get in in a car. So they'll have something Mm -hmm. else there that they can put in their mouth, like a stick of gum or something else that uh, they can they can change to rather than doing what they're what they're used to. Now, just because you miss once or twice doesn't mean you should give up. Just start again. Try to be more consistent. Figure out why you failed and plan to beat that obstacle. But set a rule that you'll allow no exceptions. Finally, number four, use positive public pressure. Having accountability helps. Blogging about your new change or posting it on Facebook or Twitter, I know, a bit ironic, says the author, (laughs) can help you feel some public accountability. Tell everyone you know that you're not going to check Facebook within 15 minutes of starting an important work task. My friend Michael Ellsberg uses negative consequences. For instance, if he eats sugar or refined carbs, he has to make a donation to Mitt Romney's presidential campaign. Uh, leverage the power of social media to beat social media. But of course, you know, a lot of these things, if you're doing it on your own, it's more difficult. So if you have people keeping an eye on you, keeping you accountable, that can help. Uh, some folks just quit smoking cigarettes the other day and they quit as a group so they can keep each other accountable. That's Welcome helpful. to Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, and if you'd like, you may share your thoughts on anything you want, but we're also talking about information addiction. And I think that there are probably a lot of people that suffer from this particular situation, although Derek J. is uh, saying, this is great. You should delve in even further. You're a caveman if you don't. 855-450-FREE is uh, available for you with your comments. Also, I uh, want to invite you over to the website as well at freetalklive.com. Feed your information addiction uh, with freetalklive.com. <laughs> you can s- share information with other people through our website. So if you find something online that you enjoy, you can submit it as show prep. Others can vote on it and 
and then the most voted up make it to the front page of the website. There's also different other, other ways for you to interact with people, including the bulletin board system, uh, another way for you to pour away your time, as well as, uh, let's see, the chat room, of course. So plenty of different ways for you to spend your precious time with our website at freetalklive.com. But we are talking about it. You know, this is, I think, it can be a serious issue. I think for me it is because I know that I can be more productive. I know that there are things I, – I've got a whole list of things that I want to do. Like I've got a to-do list. I've got things that are important to me, and they don't involve checking my email. But if I'm checking my email or checking you Facebook – You sure don't need to write that on a down on a list, do you? No, no. <laughs> but if I'm doing those things, I can't be doing the other things. Follow your heart. Your heart tells you what to do. My heart yeah. doesn't write paychecks. No, but follow the to-do list on your heart. <laughs> you know what's right. Check in the email. You're doing it. <laughs> you are an awful influence. Awful. Uh, so we're back to zenhabits.net. They have a few more suggestions here about how to commit to changing your habits, starting with your biggest trigger, identify what it is, what is it that sends you off into the realm of the, the unproductive, uh, pick a replacement habit for it, and do that new habit after the trigger every time. Also, use positive public pressure. Let people know that you're trying to change your habits and allow them to hold you accountable for it. A balanced life. In the long run, it's good to have an idea of what life will be like if you're not controlled by an information addiction. How will you work? What will you be like if you're not checking things all day? Some things to consider. The goal isn't to eliminate all information sources and be shut off from the online world. It's not to throw out your iPhone or laptop. These tools are incredibly useful and powerful. Obviously, the author here says he makes his living using them, and so do I. If I don't have these you know, if I don't have email, if I don't have Facebook, if I don't have these things, I can't do business. I can't do activism. These are critical tools for me. And I'm, I know I'm not the only one. The more we get into the 21st century, the more reliant more people become on these things. The idea is to simply not be controlled by them and to have a balanced life that includes other activities. Schedule time for non-internet and non-media activities. That means actually block them off on your schedule. If you want to exercise, block off some time during the week for exercise uh, schedule time to spend with a friend or loved one. Schedule time for a walk in solitude. Work without distractions. Each morning, figure out the one to three most important I, things. I want to pop in on the sure. solitude thing. I find that I get my best ideas when I get a you know chance to unplug. You know, like my mind's working all the time when I'm getting information, reading emails, checking out news articles. I spend a lot of the day, you know, reading news articles. As you can imagine, I'm a talk show host. And when I'm, you know, not making telephone calls to clients and checking my computer for contact lists and recording the, you know, whatever contact I had, all these things that go on, these are necessary parts of my day. And my brain's working and, you know, I'm doing my stuff. But when I get, take the opportunity to spend a little time by myself, whether it's a walk, or whatever. Oftentimes in the shower, you really can't help yourself in there. Some ideas will will pop into my mind. I'll come up with sure. ideas that I wouldn't otherwise have. So, you know, times for creativeness are important. Absolutely. Yeah. Work without distractions. Each morning, figure out the one to three most important things you, you uh, need to get done that day. Do the first one first before diving into email and online distractions. Shut down your browser if you can. If necessary, do the work somewhere without internet or unplug your router and give the router cord to someone to hold for an hour. Turn off all notifications on your computer and mobile device. Close everything but what you need to do your task and learn to focus. I'll find myself doing 
one thing. I'll need to go in my email box for something. Oh, yeah. And then I'll notice something else in the email box. And before I know it, I'll forget Down why it was hole. I went sure. into the email box in the first place. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but what you did had to be more important. Right? I <laughs> Well, I suppose. That's kind of what I yeah. told myself. Well, maybe I'll, if it was important, I'll remember it again later. Schedule a limited time for your information sources. How do you want to check? How often do you want to check email and Facebook? Pick a time and schedule for using these tools in your life and set a limit. Twice a day for just 15 minutes per session, for example. Boy, I wish I could do that with email. That's like not even possible for me. I wouldn't be able to catch up on my work if I were just doing it for 15 minutes a day or twice at 15 minutes a pop. Uh, But, you know, you know what your scheduling is. You know what your needs are. So... Act accordingly. The limit allows you to use these tools but also have time for other things, and it forces you to decide what's important within that limit and use the limited time efficiently. Choose your sources wisely. Call, call your information sources and tools to the most important. Sometimes we use things just because everyone else is, but they may not be really adding much to our lives. For example, I deleted my Facebook account last year and haven't missed it. My life goes on. You might decide to delete your account uh, on Instagram or Pinterest. To save yourself from endless browsing of things that aren't really important, for example. You might decide only to read 10 really good blogs instead of 50 that take up your attention. Your attention matters, and you should only give it to the things that make your life better. Finally, get some sleep. A lack of rest makes us less able to focus and more likely to deviate from a plan of any kind of self-control. It also makes us more likely to be distracted uh, distracted by the Internet, according to a new study. Make rest a priority. Yeah, I'd have to Hmm. agree. So there you go. Some tips for you. Let's go to Adam listening in Nova Scotia to Free Talk Live. Adam, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Derek, Jay, and Mark. Good evening. My name is Adam, and I'm an infoholic. (laughs) An infoholic. Welcome to the club. Hello, Adam. Hey, Adam. Android in the bathroom. I just want to offer you a very good tip for a businessman like yourself. If you're going to draft email with a camera phone, make sure your pants are on. (laughs) (laughs) It's good advice. Did you learn this from experience, Adam? No, but I'm sure it's happened. Oh, good. good so, night. tell me more about your. Did you just hang up? I think that's what happened to that uh, that, that congressman Weiner. Uh, maybe, oh, maybe he was just uh, being dishonest about having learned learned that lesson from experience and just wanted to give up. So, Mark, you've quit an addiction before. You quit smoking. Okay. And can that does that relate to this at all? I don't Did you think have so the, at the all. Triggers? Did you have the the habits? Oh come on! You had to replace it with something, right? Did you do something like chew gum or? I took that uh, Chantix pill that they uh, have, and you know, I think it set me back two fifty or something like that. Two hundred fifty. What? Yeah, uh, well, it wasn't cheap. Whoa. What's your What's your smoking addiction cost you, Derek? Uh, um, I can answer that. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I I took that stuff. People say it gives you crazy dreams. I don't really recall having mm. that happen to me, but you know, whatever. I don't really. Sounds like dreams. a perk. <laughs> I hear some people have some real, no. real nightmares. No, on it's it. not. Yeah, I've, I've done those patch things. They're terrible. Really? Yeah, you have the craziest dreams. Like crazy bad is what you're saying. Crazy now. bad. Because yeah. crazy could be good. In the world of dreams, I mean, they're usually kind of crazy. Right. If you like having nightmares, go for no. it. <laughs> okay. No. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but I, you know, I took that and then. I follow their little program. They say that you can smoke all you want for, I don't know, I you know, I can't remember. It's been a couple of years now, but for like the first week or two, smoke all you want, and then it doesn't taste very good because whatever Chantix does, it makes it... Makes you, like, your body no longer can handle it. What? Right? It perceives the, like, nicotine and smoke and stuff as a, a negative thing rather than something positive? Not really anything. It's just like... If you could imagine smoking without the, the satiation that goes into it, it's just like sucking on... 
mud. Blech. Yeah, there's nothing exciting about it. So you're you're like, I've done this for years. I'm going to keep on sucking on this until something good happens. As long as you take the pills, you know, it's going to – it stopped and that's what now, it is. Now, is it $250 per pill? No. This is for the the the, the like course a box of them. Gosh. Yeah, there's some course that you you took. So you didn't have to change any triggers or anything. This was totally different from information addiction. Yeah, it pretty much broke my. my so you habit. used a chemical to break your chemical addiction. That's right. And I thought about certainly for a couple of years. I you know I thought about smoking again. Oh, I should start that up again. Um, and you didn't. I didn't because well you know there's you've got pressures uh, my wife certainly didn't want me to start back up i've got a kid um you know you want him to see you smoking and you know all these other pressures that you have why why does one smoke plus the the fact that for the concentration re- the reason for- i quit smoking in the first place is because um the federal government put a you know tax on cigars and i don't want to pay that tax to the federal government i'm not going to willingly go give my money out that was the reason i quit initially and you know i wasn't going to start again Let's go uh, quickly here to Peter. He is on from wherever in Maryland, I think. Peter, go ahead. You got the last yeah. 10 seconds. Okay. Yeah. And you've got the last Hi. five seconds. Okay, yeah. This is Peter James. I'm 2012, peterjames2012.com. Facebook cut off my uh Well, you know, campaign. if you want to buy ads, we do have uh, an advertising department, Peter. Okay. Uh, ho- we hope people will actually call in about issues and things that are worthy of discussing. Oh, I thank you for the call tonight. About- uh, you're welcome to call back tomorrow if you've actually got something to talk about besides just pimping some sort of political campaign. We'll see you tomorrow night. Online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. Why did you move to the Shire? I moved here to the Shire because there's other people around who take liberty just as seriously as I do. I moved to the Shire because I saw videos of people challenging authority and thought that I could get support myself. It called to me, like, do this right now. I wanted to be around people like me who got it, and once I got here, I knew there was nowhere else that I wanted to be. Immigrating to the Shire was easy. I was instantly plugged into a community of individuals who also care about peace, liberty, and justice, and are willing to do something about it. The people here are awesome, loving, and positive. It was for the adventure and for the feeling of something important is happening here, and I just wanted to come to sort of be part of that. Visit ShireSociety.com to read and sign the Shire Society Declaration. And learn the reasons why, if you love liberty, you should immigrate to the Shire. Plus, add yourself to the Shire map at ShireSociety.com. That's ShireSociety.com.